your mind around it. I mean, in a few moments, we're going to lay hands on you and make you a priest in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And the, the gravity of that is surely riding around in your head at this moment as you think about it all. I want to just commend to you the scriptures that you yourself chose for this service, which I think are commendable, by the way. Well done in terms of your choices. I want to say three things to you. Three things that I believe will help you from the start, the middle, and the end of your ministry, as long as God gives you the breath inside you to carry out this ministry. And you're a priest for life. Don't forget that. The first word is the word of humility. Never forget from where you came. Amen. The Isaiah 6 passage, which is really the the call of Isaiah, the prophet, is this incredible moment where Isaiah is probably this mix of emotions. King Uzziah, who was a pretty darn good king, is dead. And here is Isaiah in the temple. And in the midst of his grief over Uzziah's death, perhaps, wondering what comes next, making sense of all the things that are going on in his life, he has this vision of the Lord the king of glory. King Uzziah may be dead, but the king of glory is in his temple and his train fills the temple. There is smoke and there is, there is noise and there are seraphim. And in that moment, Isaiah realizes that he is very small and that God is very big. Tonight, it's not all about you. I didn't think you thought it was all about you. But just to remind all of, you, all of us, it's not really about you. It's about the Lord and what he wants to do in his church and how he's raising up you as another leader, a presbyter to care for his people, an under-shepherd to take care of his people. But Isaiah gets this calling in the midst of the recognition, not only of God's greatness, but of his own sinfulness. Even the seraphim are covering their eyes and covering their feet. Luckily, they have six wings, so they're able to fly with the other two. But they're covering themselves because they realize that they're in the presence of a holy God. And Isaiah cries out, Woe is me, for I am undone. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I'm, un- among- and I'm among a people who are unclean lips. If you step in this pulpit or any other pulpit, if you stand behind that table and aren't acutely aware that you are utterly unworthy to be there, be nervous. I love what Karl Barth said. Lord, I am unworthy, but your people must be fed. What a great prayer to pray. And what a great way to approach priestly ministry than to recognize and remember and be be humbled by the recognition of your utter sinfulness, your utter need for a holy God to touch you and to heal you. And praise God, in his mercy and grace, he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to do just that, to save you out of that art school, to bring you to a living faith, and to, and to use the years between that moment and this to prepare you for what you're about to walk in. But never forget, stay in that humble state. Continue to be aware of your need and your dependence upon him. And I love the way that Isaiah ends it because the Lord says, who will we send? And Isaiah then responds, here am I, send me. 
You're not standing here because of your incredible qualifications, though you have many gifts and talents. You're standing here because you've stood and cried out, woe is me, I'm undone. I'm a sinful man. I live among a people that are sinful. And yet I've seen the Lord and and God has touched you and healed you, forgiven, put his grace upon you and called you to serve I know some people complain about the short, the, the, not the shortness, the length of the ordination process, but I actually think it's really valuable that it takes a while to get ordained. Some people may throw things at me before I'm done, but, but I think it's actually important because you see, we can be very gifted for ministry, but the character that it takes to serve as a presbyter of the church or a deacon of the church, or a bishop of the church requires a long time It requires moving on a journey much like Isaiah, much like Jack McNeil has walked. Remember where God has brought you. Secondly, model first. Teach second. Model first. Everything that you want to teach your people, you need to live it first. I didn't make it up, but I love the expression that the preacher has to first preach to his or herself before he preaches to the congregation. If your sermon, if your teaching is not convicting you, if you're not drawn to a greater obedience, you're not ready to share it with those around you. Model first, teach second. I love how Paul says it in the Philippians passage you, you, you chose for tonight. Learn, receive, and what you have seen in me put into practice. They need to see it in you. What is so hard is when, when we are told things by preachers and pastors that we know they're not doing themselves, then we fall into that category of Jesus. Remember his, his judgment over some of the religious leaders? They, they put huge burdens on the people, and yet they themselves don't carry those same burdens. We want to be those who model it first and teach it second. You need to remember how hard it is to be obedient as a layperson, going to work every day, working long hours, and then trying to serve God on the fringes and be reminded of the fact that there is great risk there's great difficulty in being content. All the things that, that, that Luke 10 tells us as Jesus begins to instruct those going out, that, that it's hard to be obedient to the Lord and that we need to learn to model it first and teach it second. And then thirdly tonight, I would remind you that you must pray before you act. And I take you right to the, that Luke 10 passage It's already been quoted a couple of times tonight that Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. And immediately the the thought of a a pastor is to, to get to work. And yet what does Jesus say? Not get to work, but pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. It's so important. Now, lest we lose sight of it. This whole sermon is really not just for Jack. It's, it's really for all of us because we might be tempted to think that the 72 that Jesus is sending out, well, they're, they're presbyters. They're the, they're the future pastors and deacons and bishops of the church. No, though we're all the 72. We're all sent to go out. We're all called to be laborers in the Lord's harvest. 
Jack, you, me, these of us up here dressed in funny clothing, we're called to be the equippers. And you know this. We're those to be those who are instructing and equipping and empowering the 72 multiplied millions and millions over to go forth and do this work. But we pray first before we go to action. In a moment, you'll hear in the exhortation these words, you cannot accomplish this of yourself. How important that is to hear. There will be a temptation in your ministry to think that somehow you're supposed to have all the magic words and all the right answers and have all the magic programs to accomplish the great things of God. And it's, it's, it's a fallacy. You cannot accomplish this in yourself. But in Christ, by his grace, you can. So we pray first. Pray for laborers. In my own ministry, there were times where I, I, I hunted for good volunteers. I hunted for good folks that would take and and one after the other. Commit, decommit. Commit, move, and on and on and on. When I truly gave up trying to do and began to pray, Lord, will you send me an intercessor? Will you send me a chief intercessor, somebody to lead our music on Sundays? The Lord began to answer the prayer. So yes, we pray for the laborers. But the other reason I believe our Lord calls us to prayer is that in prayer, and here I mean sitting before the Lord, we actually get to know his heart. And that's not my thought either. That's a, that's a, a, a Puritan spirituality thought that, that in the early church they understood and the Puritans understood that, that, that we pray to know the heart of God. First of all, to know the heart of God for, for us. We're not good boys and girls if we accomplish lots of ministry tasks. We're beloved sons and daughters of the king, period, hard stop. We're not working to earn our father's love. We are beloved. And when we pray, we're brought back in right order to remember that we are beloved of the father before we do anything. But secondly, as we begin to pray, we begin to understand God's heart for his people. The church, you're an under-shepherd now. You are called to care for the sheep. Now, Jesus is sending them out, he says, among wolves. I would just remind you also that sometimes when you get bit as a shepherd, it's not just the wolves. I told you this last night. Sheep sometimes bite. They bite sometimes because they've been mistreated. But if you don't begin in prayer, you'll misunderstand. And you'll drive away the very sheep that Jesus has come, called you to come and be a healer to, a shepherd to. But thirdly, as we pray, we begin to understand Christ's love for those who are outside these walls those who are outside the church. We begin to realize God's great heart for not only the people in, in our Jerusalem, but to the very ends of the earth. And God begins to build up in us the desire to see those who do not know him come to know him. And I know you already have this in you, but I remind you that in the busyness of ministry, remember that we pray first.
and act second. In John chapter 12, as, the, as we're coming to the culmination of Jesus' ministry, um, the disciples are around and these Greeks, Greek speakers come up and they say these really profound words to, to Andrew and, and a couple of the other disciples. They say, we, and this is in one of the translations, we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. Jack, above all, you as a priest of the church are called to show people Jesus. As you pray and attune your heart for yourself, for others, and for the world, you're preparing yourself to show Jesus. Tonight, I want to charge you with three things. Please stand. Just chat. <laughs> Unless any of the rest of you want to be ordained tonight, we could. <laughs> You've not been properly uh, you pre- you prepared, so. I should have been more specific there. Jack, never forget where you started. Stay in that humble state. Secondly, model everything first that you desire to teach your people. Thirdly, be known as one who prays first and show them Jesus. That's the job. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Now I invite you to stand. Let us confess our faith along with Jack in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life in the world to come. Amen. The congregation may be seated. (laughs) 
Jack, you have heard during the church's discernment of your vocation and in the Holy Scriptures themselves how weighty is this office to which you are called. I now exhort you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to be a messenger, a watchman, and a steward of 